You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. Happy Hump Day, everyone. This is AJ Black, editor and publisher of BC Bulletin and your host of Locked On Boston College. If you are new to this, Locked On Boston College is a daily Boston College podcast hosted by me, AJ Black, where we talk about everything Boston College. If you have not done so already, if you're listening to this on a podcast directory, hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do me a huge favor and give us a five-star review and write a little uh, note about why you like our podcast. Today... We're going to talk about some news. We're going to review the regular season for Boston College football. I'm going to give my highs and lows. I'll do a segment on our highs and a segment on our lows of BC football and kind of give my evaluation of just the regular season. Obviously, there's possibly one more game to go, and we're going to do all of that in our episode today. In terms of news, the big news of the day has to do with Jaden Williams, a wide receiver in the class of 2021 that committed to Boston College. He's from Hendrickson, Texas, and a former Tulane commit. He plays wide receiver. He's 5'10". He's a speedy uh, wide receiver who had a final three of Tulane. He said he wanted to give that a chance. Uh, Boston College and Utah. Today, he made a nice video that showed off... uh, his decision, these kids, some of them spend so much time with their friends making these fun, like, commitment videos. I, I wish I did that when I went to college. But anyways, Williams, he chose Boston College. Interestingly enough, in his video, he said uh, that it looks like he's going to try for basketball, too. So he might be a two-sport athlete. I talked to my source at Boston College, and it says they're going to give him a chance at basketball. Now, he'll have a spot on the football team, but he'll have to work to make the basketball team. So it's not like he's just going to automatically make uh, the basketball roster. Now, that's the third wide receiver in the class of 21 for Boston College. They also added um, Bugs Jones from Virginia and Dante Reynolds uh, from Chicago. So that's three wide receivers that they have already stacked with a group that's already pretty big. Um, But, you know, I think what you're going to look at is that next year you could lose uh, Kobe White. You're going to lose Kobe White. You're going to lose C.J. Lewis after 2021. Save Flowers, if he has a big year, you know, he could go pro. Um, Jelani Galloway has one more year. So you see the depth kind of starting to whittle away. you you got to stock it up. And I know for class of 22 and 23, they already have a few names already coming up. But you, if you're going to have a passing offense, you want to build depth. That was something that Boston College has never had at wide receiver. And so they're really addressing that right now. So uh, Jaden Williams, he's going to be um, joining the class of 2021. And he'll sign next week when it's National Signing Day. And speaking of National Signing Day, next week on our podcast on uh, Tuesday. Actually, we'll do it on Wednesday because it's going to be all the news that happens on Tuesday. On Wednesday next week, we're going to review everything that happens on National Signing Day. Are there any big flips that happen? Are, uh, we're going to evaluate the class. We're going to compare them to previous class for Boston College. How did Jeff Halfley do compared to Steve Adazio? How did Jeff Halfley do in our own um, 
expectations in terms of recruiting. We'll get into all of that, and that's going to happen on Wednesday. And as I said on Friday, we're going to have our first ever BC Bulletin Locked on Boston College Christmas Spectacular, where we're going to do some Christmas-themed segments on the podcast. So you're not, you're not going to want to miss next week's podcast. It's going to have a lot of great stuff for you. And probably we're going to have our bowl. We're going to know where BC is bowling at that point. So it's going to be a packed week of content on Locked On Boston College. So um, in terms of other news, two BC players had personal awards this week. We first saw that Dennis Grossell had his... um, He was named ACC Quarterback of the Week for his 520 yards and four touchdowns against UVA. Um, Kind of a great... uh, It's a nice little award for him. Uh, obviously he came in in a game where he was asked to just jump in when Jakovic couldn't go and threw for a school record in one game. He made some mistakes. He wasn't perfect. But, I, you know, this I think was a great award for a kid that really deserved it. I mean, of all the things that went wrong on Saturday, Grossell had a few mistakes. I mean, but for a backup quarterback, you couldn't ask for more than what he gave you. So um, that was great. The other uh, award... Uh, was that John? Uh, the John Mackey Tight End Award uh, released their finalists, and Hunter Long is on that list. Now that's no surprise. Hunter Long leads the nation in tight end catches, and he's one of the um, most dynamic tight ends in the country. However, um, I'm not really. I don't have my hopes up that he's going to win this award because uh, over there in Florida, there's this guy named Kyle Pitts who has. 11 touchdowns, and the award is basically his to lose. I mean, Hunter Long has five touchdowns. Kyle Pitts is, he's a transcendent tight end, and I I love what Long has done. He's just not at that level yet. I don't think there's many tight ends that have played in the last 10 years that are anywhere near where Kyle Pitts is. So uh, Hunter Long, it's great that he got there. Don't expect him to win the award. However, this might be a good chance to say that I would think, though, that if he comes back next year, he could easily win this award. So maybe it's something that he wants, and that could be a reason for him to go for it in 2021. But again, tight end's a very physical position. We've seen Hunter Long get beat up pretty hard this year. Um, I wouldn't blame him if he ends up in the NFL this year, and I'm, I wouldn't, I, I, I'm guessing that's where he's going to end up. Before we get into Boston College's season, I wanted to look at college football in general and give you my thoughts on a few things. One of the things that has been a hot topic right now, given all the COVID cases, is if NCAA has the playoffs, who will be the four teams that deserve to get in? Now, there's a million things that could go on between now and the end of next week, especially with championship games and uh, conferences trying to jockey to make sure that their teams are well represented. But here is what I think will happen. So I think Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame in the ACC championship. I think it's going to happen. I know Notre Dame is playing really well, but I just Dabo Swinney and Trevor Lawrence are on a war path of destruction right now, and I just think they're going to be so jazzed up for that game, they're going to win. So you're going to have two one-loss teams in the ACC. I think both of them deserve to be in the playoffs. So there's two of your teams. The other team that other uh, that automatically will get in is Alabama. They're undefeated right now. Even if they lose to Florida, they're going to be a one-loss team. So Alabama, so you got three. Now that last spot is where a million things could happen. Now, the biggest question is what to do with Ohio State. They just had their game canceled against Michigan. They've played four games. Should they get into the playoffs? I say no. 
I don't think they've earned it. I know that they're probably the fourth best team, but I don't honestly don't care. They haven't done what they need to do to earn that spot, so they should not be in there. Now, if Florida wins and or, or Texas A&M wins, they should be the fourth team. But if they both lose, or either one of them loses to Alabama and the other one doesn't make it or they're a two-loss team, you know what? This is a crazy year. Put Cincinnati in. They deserve it. They're 8-0. They're 6-0 at home. They're on an eight-game winning streak, obviously. They're a good team. Let's just get crazy. This is the year to put in a G5 school. So let Cincinnati get a chance. They may get smoked, but who cares? You know, all these other teams, none of them have really stood out um, in terms of, like, earning, having a higher uh, profile. And you could you can do all the talk about wins and whatnot. And, but if Cincinnati go, wins out, put them in. They, should, they deserve it. So that's my thoughts. In terms of the Heisman, I am all on Devonta, Devonta Smith from Alabama winning it. He is one of the best players I have ever seen especially at a wide receiver. And I know the Heisman is a quarterback uh, award at this point, but please give it to him. He's one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen play. Um, And what he did last week against LSU, if you haven't had a chance to watch some of those catches, he's he's like Randy Moss, but uh, in the college level at this point. So Devonta Smith gets my Heisman vote at this point. When we come back, we're going to dive into this season and talk about what BC football did and what they were able to do under a new head coach. But before we do, we need to talk about Coors Light. Everything in life is go, go, go at this point. And if you're like me, you never find a moment to stop the hustle. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look. Delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Now I want to talk to you about food. And specifically, I want to talk to you about the Built Bar. Now, it's holiday season, and let's say that our eating habits are probably taking a bit of a dip. While we're eating pies and Christmas cookies and turkey and all sorts of stuff, our diets are all going to heck. That's where Built Bar can step in. As we're in between these holidays, they have 18 amazing flavors of built bars that you're going to want to try and each one is more delicious than the last one. They have caramel brownie, cookies and cream, German chocolate and coconut almond as just some of the flavors. You're going to want to try these out because they're bars covered in 100% chocolate. They're delicious and they're good for a health conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Now let's look at that coconut almond one. Uh, It's just like an almond joy. It has 18 grams of protein. You're going to get that out of another bar? I doubt it. 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carb. Perfect for getting yourself a little treat and also to fill you up. Now, Built Bar has a special promotion they want to give our listeners. They're going to give you a free cooler with cooler with purchase while supplies last. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Now, this is Locked On Boston College 
in the first segment, I had mentioned that we're going to talk about football and kind of go into what the expect uh, the results of the season were. But I just finished watching uh, the Boston College and um, Minnesota game for basketball. And I'm throwing an audible here. And I apologize, but I recorded that first segment before the game. Now I finished this game and I really want to talk about what happened for Boston College. Okay, if you hadn't watched, Boston College lost this game 85-80 to in overtime. This was a game Boston College had gift wrapped to them and they still couldn't close it out. Now, if you were watching, Boston College and Minnesota started the game off both shooting poorly throughout most of the first half. And then in the second half, they both exploded. The offenses of both teams just blew up. And it was a it was a game of runs between the two of them. Boston College jumped out. I think it was like a 15-point lead at one point in the second half. Looked like they had the game in control, but knowing how Boston College basketball can get at times, that all slipped away, and Minnesota stormed back and tied the game. Minnesota goes up, and then with seconds left, Makai Ashton Langford hits this crazy left-handed shot over a big uh, forward or center uh, to, to bring the game to overtime. In that time, they also lost Stefan Mitchell and C.J. Felder, uh, who both fouled out. And in overtime, it just fell apart. Minnesota just jumped out to a lead, and that was it. This was just a tough game to watch. Because again, Boston College did what they needed to do at times, but they couldn't consistently keep it going. They finished with 16 turnovers compared to just 12 for uh, for Minnesota. But BC shot 34% from three-pointer, three-point range, and 42% from 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 the field. But in the end, it was all those unforced turnovers that really killed them. You had moments where, you know, Winston Tabbs drives the lane, and has nowhere to go and steps out of bounds. And then you had, and again, I'm not blaming Winston Tabs because he had a great game. Um, Winston Tabs at the end of the first half, you know, 31 seconds on the ball, on the clock, BC gets the ball. They're trying to run the clock down and make one last play. They get a 30 second violation. They can't get a playoff and they lose the ball. So again, it was just, you know, I know a lot of fans were super frustrated watching this, and I can totally understand why. Minnesota was not a better team than Boston College, but they did what they needed to do to win, and Boston College couldn't do that. And, you know, Boston College had some players do some really nice things. As I mentioned, I was rip- it sounded like I'm ripping on him, but Tabs finished with 24 points, hit four three-pointers. Jay Heath, 16 points. You know, Rich Kelly, 10 points. And I love the play of C.J. Felder, finished with 9 and 11. Um, but in the end, it was, you know, just the mistakes and poor defense and more mistakes that ended up losing this game for Boston College. So where does this leave BC basketball? They sit at 1 and 4. Two of the games um, they could have won. They could have beaten uh, St. John's, and they should have beaten Minnesota. So there's no reason they shouldn't be uh, three and two at this point, but now they sit at one and four. They have Syracuse on Saturday, a Syracuse basketball team that is known for defense, that has that zone defense that can suffocate offenses and make bad teams that make mistakes make bad big time mistakes. There's a possibility after this weekend that Boston College basketball could easily be sitting at one and five. What do we do? Is this it? You know, I said at the beginning of this year. The Boston College needed to get to 
the um, tournament for Jim Christian to save his job. Every game is ticking off another loss that puts them closer and closer to not making the tournament. And, it, and it's not unreasonable to say right now there's no way they're going to make it. Because, you know, teams need to, you know, you don't see teams losing 13 games or more in making the tournament. It just doesn't usually happen. And BC has already lost four before they even hit the ACC schedule, part of their schedule. I see fans frustrated, and I totally get it. I have no excuses for what they did and the way that they're coached and the way that they're performing out there. You know, as someone who followed Boston College back in the Al Skinner days, I was a student at Boston College when it happened. I remember when this program was proud, when this program would win. You know, I saw I was there when they were 20 and 0 to start the season. They're not there now. And I don't know where they're going to go. And I don't know you know, they're going to have to beat teams like Duke, UNC, all these other Louisville, there's all these top 25 teams that are still standing in their way. And Boston College can't put together two solid court, uh, two solid halves to win a game. You know, we saw it against URI. They played a good game. They won that. But they can't do, they haven't been able to do it consistently. And I could say that, you know, oh, there's more depth on this team. But really, has Boston College under Jim Christian been able to do this consistently at any point? And the answer is no. So why should we expect anything different now? They need to show us. You know, if they if they have the depth that Jim Christian says they do, and I see the depth there. That's good. It's good depth. However, they need to be able to show us on the court that that depth means something, that that depth is going to win them games. And right now we're not seeing that. You're seeing a team that plays strong for parts of a game and then completely disappears for big parts. And it's been that way for years. And it's continuing right now where, you know, you go for three minutes. It was the end of the second half. I think they went three minutes at the end of the second half before Makai Ashton Langford hit that shot without hitting a bucket. How does that happen? It's the biggest part of the game, and they can't get shots off. They can't get buckets when they need it. You're not going to win games doing that, and I don't know how they're going to change that. Um, so this was a frustrating loss for Boston College because it was there, and there's not many games that you look at in the, on the schedule and say, oh, these wins are going to be there. That, now, they're going to probably win some more games. This is not a bad basketball team. It's a frustrating basketball team. They're frustrating to watch uh, because you can see the talent is there. It's just not putting it all together at this point. And I don't know when that's going to change. So um, I, I could not resist having to talk about this because it was just one of those moments in Boston College basketball where it was raw. There was a lot of people that really wanted to talk about it. So there it is. And, you know, I look at uh, the results of my podcast and the games where Boston College basketball and I talk about it, I, the the hits and the listens are so much lower. So I didn't want to honestly get into it because I, you guys are probably like, oh, I don't want to listen to that again. But we're at, we're at that point. I had to talk about it. But when we come back, I'm going to talk more about football. I have a little thing that I want to get into uh, for today's topic. So we'll be back in just a moment. This is Locked On Boston College, A.J. Black here, editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. We need a palate cleanser after that Minnesota basketball game. So let's talk about Jeff Halfley. 
Now, Halfley had what could what most people consider an unequivocal successful year for Boston College. You know, the wins weren't necessarily there yet. You know, they finished six and five, but there were no like huge wins for Boston College. But I think you left the season feeling like this program is going in the right direction, and that's all you can ask for. National media members are fawning all over Halfley for what he's been able to do for this program. So what I wanted to do was talk about what is the biggest high point of the Jeff Halfley era so far. He's been the coach for just under a year. Um, we're, we're almost at a year right now. And what has been the biggest high point? There's so many different points to look at. So let's talk about them and let you guys, you the viewers, tell me what the biggest high point of Jeff Halfley's year has been. I'm going to throw out some different ones to you, and I'm probably going to miss some because it's been a really fun, successful year for him. So he comes in, he brings in Phil Dracovic. That would be a big high point because you got a, a franchise, not a franchise, a program-changing quarterback through the transfer portal. As we saw what he was able to do, that was a big deal. You brought in a blue-chip quarterback that can that can throw the ball, and he's dynamic. We saw all that. Was it just his opening press conference, the get-in thing? That seemed to get a lot of people really excited. He seemed passionate. He was near tears in his opening press conference. He seemed genuine. That was a big moment. That was a high point, I thought, as well. Then they start practice, and then the COVID-19 pandemic starts. So all of the on-field stuff kind of trickles away. We're stuck watching what he does on the recruiting trail, which now is all on Zoom. And what he does is he turns a recruiting class that was in the 60s and near the bottom of the ACC, and in one scoop makes them around in the late 30s, and not in like ninth in the ACC. Is that the high point? Because he's bringing in a recruiting class that is higher than anything Steve Adazio ever did. Or is it the COVID stuff? Every program in the country except Boston College has had to deal with this COVID pandemic. And Boston College set a um, standard for their team that is unmatched in the in the country, and it all starts at the top with Jeff Halfley. Uh, Andrea Allison talked about it today, that she talked to Halfley about what expectations he put on his team. And what he said was that he made the expectations that the players were not going to go out on the weekends, that they were only going to hang out with each other, that they couldn't see family members because of the risk that bringing you know that coming back to the team would bring. So they all sacrificed so much and bought into his system. And you don't see that anywhere. You don't see it at Alabama. You don't see it at Ohio State. You don't see it at Clemson. Jeff Halfley brought a culture already in one year that is unmatched in the country. And I think that is a huge high point. And that might be my biggest high point. And it's not even on-field stuff, in which some people will be like, oh, I want to talk about the on-field stuff. The COVID stuff I thought was huge. But then you look at the on-field stuff. The offense, first of all, the passing game, and that's a credit to Jeff Halfley and Frank Signetti, and for him to bring in Frank Signetti to do it, went from 113th in the country in yards per game to 22nd. Imagine that. Boston College went from a team that was running the ball almost nonstop every single game to a team that passes all the time and does it effectively. And they have a quarterback that's a Davey O'Brien finalist, 
and it's gonna is only in his first year as a starting quarterback. That is impressive. He fixed special teams. We have a kicker that kicked eighty percent of their field goals. Um, that looked good on spe- on onside kicks. The punting looked good. That is impressive. And then the big thing that Boston College fans are always looking for in a game, the situational stuff. Jeff Halfley was excellent in two-minute drills, at end-of-the-half stuff, at adjustments at halftime. He knocked that out of the park. He was able to get his game and his team in the position to win games at every point. Even in games that they lost by multiple scores, there was probably only one game, I think, all year, and that would be Virginia Tech, where they completely fell apart early in the game. You know, Notre Dame, they lost pretty big, but they were in that for most of it. Clemson, they were into it for the very end. And the same thing with Virginia. So I I have to say, Jeff Halfley's in-game coaching was also another high point. These are all great things. So, you know, we just finished talking about basketball and, and everyone is rightfully going to be talking about the coaching and, and, and the challenges and, and, and why the program can't take that next step. You look at the football team, you look at what they're able to do with coaching and the way that they switch, they hit that switch in one year is impressive. Um, you know, I don't know how many years of Jeff Halfley we're going to have left, but this was one year. And you're going into next year with a coach that had all those high points and is only going to build off of that. I don't think this is going to be a coach where we've seen his him plateau. Like with, with the Dazio, you know, it was six-win Steve or seven-win Steve. You're going to see special things with Jeff Halfley. Uh, we're just seeing the, 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 the tip of the iceberg right now. And th- bigger things are going to be coming. So, you know, after talking about basketball, I wanted to end with something positive. So we're going to talk. We're going to end with that. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to have Eric Hofsis in, and I'm going to grill him on BC basketball because um, he's been a guy that's been very supportive of the program, and I want to know what he thinks now that the Boston College basketball team is one and four. If you have thoughts, if you have something you want me to talk about, please email me at bostoncollegesi at gmail Please make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast directory. And if you're on Apple uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us a five-star review. It really helps us build this podcast and other it helps other Boston College fans find Locked On Boston College. And I really appreciate you all. I just wrote on our Twitter page, at Locked On BC, how much you guys all mean to me because we started this podcast just over a month ago. And I've received so many positive tweets and emails from you Tell me how much you know you enjoy this podcast and and um, that you it's become part of your routine. It means a lot because you know I put a lot of work into this and I I have a lot of passion and I want to 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 bring it out to you guys. Um, and I'm glad that it's it's hitting the right spots with you. So um, thank you all. Um, I really appreciate appreciate you all. Uh, This is AJ Black. I will be back again tomorrow with more Boston College talk. Take care, everyone, and see you again soon.